We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Vent Line, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. Red Sox, congratulations. Finally, something great happens to Boston sports, by the way. They just won the World <laughs> Series over the Dodgers. In case you're listening on AM 1500 or the stream, we are now live on Vikings Ventline here. And thank you to our Twitter slash Periscope viewers for sticking with us through this transition. That's Manny Hill. I'm Phil Mackey. Jonathan Harrison on the phones. And we have one open phone line right now. One open phone line. 651-646-8255. 877-615-1500. Lucky's 13 Pubs. Powers Vikings vent line on a weekly basis, Manny. Uh, let's get right to the calls. Yeah. Let's if you want to hear our opening thoughts, go back and watch the Periscope slash Twitter video. And uh, <laughs> and uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll chime in plenty here because I know some people are listening on demand as well. So you'll get plenty of our thoughts. We we have open phone lines, uh, full phone lines, but open once people drop off. Let's start with Chemo in Honolulu. Chemo, what's going on, man? What did you see in this? Let's call it a Pretty disappointing buzzkill loss for the Vikings at home on national hey, TV. Hey guys, hey, hey, what's up? How's it, Aloha? Um, hey, at least the Packers lost today, huh? Look at what I don't know what was worse. I don't know if it was them shooting themselves in the foot or if they just flat out lost. But they were just terrible today. Horrible day. Yeah, I mean, it was. They they showed you early on toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the NFL again, and Kirk Cousins making throws all over the field to Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. The Thielen fumble, I mean, Thielen has carried this offense in so many ways this year, and again, I believe he went well over 100 yards here uh, in garbage time there, so he breaks the NFL record for consecutive 100-yard games, and he's going to put up all-time numbers, at least from a Viking standpoint. Yeah, he had 103 yards on seven catches, but that fumble was because they were driving to go up maybe by 10 points. Yeah. He fumbles, and now all of a sudden the entire game changes. And yep. that, was, that wasn't that was a wrap because they had a couple other chances and then they made some more mistakes. But, man, for them to be maybe driving to go up by 10 points and to be losing at that point going into halftime, was that was tough to swallow. It really changed the entire landscape of the game because, as we were just talking about on Periscope uh, before we went live on the air here, that – you're in a position to go up 20 to 20 to 10 at the half and Thielen fumbles and it just it almost just took took the air right out of the building and the next thing you know you look up it's a 14 point swing because you're down 17 to 13 at the half instead of potentially being up 20 to 10 so i mean that that completely changed the game and then you had more mistakes in the second half um you know the the pick six that was a lot more on Stephon Diggs than it was on Kirk Cousins, but you just, I think you're kind of seeing with this offense that when the protection is good, which it hasn't always been, obviously, we know the issues with this offensive line, 
When the protection is good, Kirk Cousins and these receivers thrive. Like it, they are an unstoppable offense when the protection is good. But I feel like sometimes when the protection isn't perfect or when it's, you know, when it breaks down a little bit, Kirk Cousins doesn't. He, he that's the one thing I think that's missing from him as a quarterback is that he just doesn't really know how to instinctively make something happen when the bleep hits the fan in terms of protection and guys yeah. not running perfect routes and, and things like that. And look, he's he's good. And overall, he's been really good. But I I just worry that that's going to be something that prevents this team from going to the next level. You know how like sometimes a perfectly good computer will just go blue screen on you once in a while? That's mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Where you're you're going along and you're browsing and you've got a few windows open and you know you're uh, you got a couple of different software things all of a sudden boom perfectly good computer Crash. goes or or when your when your smartphone goes from thirty percent to zero battery and you're like what <laughs> yeah this doesn't make any sense his brain short circuits a couple times per game I I don't think it was a mistake to sign him I think he has given you at times some of the best quarterback play you've seen since two thousand nine Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Now it's a franchise where we we most of the time have our quarterback beer goggles on, so I wouldn't change anything. But it's just I guess it's interesting to observe some of the reasons why Washington fans and some of the the players in that locker room looked at Kirk a little sideways once in a while. That yeah okay yeah that uh, that fumbling problem is a thing, and uh, you know there's another tipped pass. Okay, I wonder what that's all about. I mean, we're seeing yeah. all these things come to fruition. Well, and and we saw it when he had the the apparently that was it was called a fumble. And then they they reviewed it, and it was you know obviously he was down, his knee was down before the ball came out. But you kind of look at that play, and you're just kind of wondering, okay, yeah, he was down, it ended up not being a fumble. But you're kind of watching that play, and you're like, what what is he doing? It, he he looked like he was really indecisive on was he going to yeah. take off and run? Was he going to throw the ball away? Was he going to try and keep his eyes down the field and try and find a receiver that might have you know gotten open or something he just it just looked like he was really indecisive on what he wanted to what he wanted to do on that play and ended up being a sack uh, a guy who's always decisive is randy in oakland realistic randy the floor is yours on Ventline. well make no mistake about it i actually came into this game expecting the vikings to lose and with all the years of heartbreak and new ways that this team finds to lose games i pretty much don't have the energy to get as fired up anymore, I would say I think I've gotten a little bit better. I'm not mad that Dan Bailey missed the extra point. And for all intents and purposes, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen cost us that game today. Let's just call it what it is. Their two turnovers resulted in 14 points for the Saints. The defense, quite honestly, for the Vikings, they only really gave up 16 points in this game. They did a really good job. But I was just like, you know what, this is just what this is par for the course as far as being a Vikings fan. But I must say, this team finds a new way to even get me riled up, even when I'm trying not to. The game management, the clock management. At the end of the first half, you had the ball, 30 seconds down, four points, two timeouts left, and you basically take a knee. Say, no, it's all good. We're going to go into the second half and see what happens. I'm like, really? Are you serious? What are you doing? And then, if I'm not mistaken, the first possession in the second half, all of a sudden you want to get aggressive on fourth and one, and you throw to Laquan Treadwell. Now, Laquan Treadwell, he has played well the last couple of weeks. I'll give him that. But in that crucial position, you don't throw it to Laquan Treadwell. And then what really ticked me off the most, the final score where they finally got a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, they had the ball with about nine and a half minutes left. 
down three scores, about 17 points, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They just trotted up that field as if they were going for the game, the game-winning touchdown. That was pathetic. There was zero sense of urgency with this team. I don't understand why this team continuously do stuff like that. It's like, and man, you were kind of talking about this with Kirk Cousins. I would say this even for the whole team. If this, if things aren't going well, whereas we're just out the gate, just playing well and just off to a great footing then it's like if we have to try to suddenly come back, this team just falls apart. So they need to get it together. I expected them to lose. And quite honestly, in prime time, that's where all the goofy stuff happens. So I'm not surprised at the missed kick or anything like that. But that clock management is what really fired me up when I was really trying to be positive out here for everybody else. So that's all I got to say on that. Boom. Randy in Oakland, realistic Randy, Fantastic. one of our favorite callers. I'm going to list off some stats here that are going to – if if I if you if you let's say you were watching the World Series tonight, you just I mean you know, I'm I'm just read me the box score of this Vikings game when it's all over. I just mm-hmm. I think first, I know where you're going with this. Like if I were to tell you, I'm not going to give you the final score. I'm just going to start reading some of these stats off. It is very 2009 NFC Championship game like. Okay. Yeah. Total yards. Now total yards are a little bit of a sham because garbage time. I mean hell, the Vikings drove down and had some garbage yards there, but. Total yards. Vikings 423, Saints 270. Mm-hmm. Yards per play is more accurate because that tells you who was really moving the ball on a per play basis. Vikings 6.3 yards per play in this game. Mm-hmm. Saints weren't terrible, but 5.1. That's a pretty that's a pretty large gap. If, if you look at offenses in the NFL, the best offenses and the worst offenses, it might be like a two yard per play gap up and down the league right now. Uh, first downs, Vikings 27 first downs, Saints 17. Mm. Drew Brees, okay? Drew Brees, mostly dink and dunk in this game tonight. 120 yards on 23 pass attempts, an average of five yards per attempt, and an interception that he, mm-hmm. that, that, I believe that was his first interception of the entire season. It was, yeah. Okay. And they were getting destroyed by three scores in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, so turnovers. Uh, missed opportunities. They they missed a fourth down opportunity at midfield at one point, so that's effectively a turnover that gives the Saints a short field, right? Yep. yep. And uh, those those two things, and then the the swing, not just the turnover, but the Adam Thielen turnover that we already talked about. That wasn't just oh turn the ball over. It was oh that that's my, maybe a fourteen point swing when it's all said and done. So yeah, I man to Randy's point too about the the fourth down play, the fourth and one on the throw to Treadwell that was broken up. I mean, I, I just, first of all, let me, let me say, I have no problem with going for it on fourth down there. I mean, it's, you got to think, okay, with this quarterback and these receivers, you got to think, okay, yeah, your chances of converting that. And, you know, and Latavius Murray at that point was was running the ball pretty well. Um, so you're you're thinking, okay, the, the likelihood of them picking up a first down here is, is pretty high because it's fourth and one and you've got weapons on offense. But to have that throw go to Laquan Treadwell on fourth and one when you need it. I mean, on fourth and one, you need that you need that one yard. And your play is to Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. Well he's on, just a, he's on the field, that. right? Right. So but here's the thing. Like you you're not gonna have five amazing receivers, so he's going to be on the field. But that's where you go back to Kirk Cousins after all that's happened this season. Yeah. And you're in that spot and it's a big fourth down. 
And you've got Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, who even when covered, look at Thielen's first catch of the night, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. There is a defender up in his grill, and he reaches behind the defender's head and pins the ball to the defender's head. If I have a cho- if I have three choices, a covered Stefan Diggs, a covered Adam Thielen, or a pretty wide open Laquan Treadwell, but the ball is like 15, 20 yards down the field. And he wasn't really even that open. I mean, he was covered. Well, and, and the defender comes in and knocks the ball away. Yeah. But how often do you see that with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, where right. it's a tight window, defender gets a hand on the ball, and they still hang on to it? Well, Treadwell went, well, two things. Number one, Treadwell doesn't have great hands, but when's the last time you saw Treadwell with any kind of separation? He's always got defenders draped all over yeah. him. It, we were joking off the air. I mean, he's he's the guy driving 42 miles an hour on a freeway. Like, you can't help but rear-end him, for God's sakes. Of course you're going to commit pass interference. I just feel like in that particular situation, and it was this was an empty backfield. Cousins was in the shotgun. This is so, I have to re-look at the play and see exactly the, the personnel, but empty backfield, you've got five receiving options in that particular situation, right? How does Treadwell end up being the option there? Like, you're telling me that Diggs, Thielen, maybe Aldrick Robinson was out there. Rudolph was probably out there, I would think. And, like, I would trust all four of those guys before I would trust Laquan Treadwell to make that play. Yeah, And, and he ended know, up man. being the target. Some, I just, I don't get it. Sometimes it's like, I don't know how much to put on Cousins in that spot, but because the play worked. I mean, he got, he had a route. Receiver got both hands on the Cousins ball, threw it right, right to him. But I, I almost feel like he lacks some sort of situational chip. Where mm-hmm. okay, there's certain situations that I'm okay to throw the ball to Laquan Treadwell. Second down and eight in the first quarter, I can throw the ball to Laquan Treadwell. Mm-hmm. Fourth down as the game gets further along in a must score drive situation, and four other receivers on the field. Let's just let Laquan occupy a defender or two and throw to somebody else, right? Yeah. Let's go to uh, Eric and Bismarck. You're up next on Vikings Vent Line, powered by Lucky's 13. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, tonight was just difficult to watch because I felt like after the Thielen fumble, which, yes, that was on him, but, you know, how well has he played all season? He's bound to have one mistake. After the Thielen fumble, it just seemed like they were playing with the energy or the spirit of Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. Everything just went downhill. It was a boring, boring game, really. What? Wait, it was a boring game? It was just, there was no energy. I mean, when you're in the second half and you're down three scores and you're the clock management, we're just nonchalant we're just dragging ourselves down the field there was no excitement there was no get up and go with anything um no i thought it was a boring game i mean when you're getting blown out like that i i I wasn't entertained by this tonight all right well it's eric and bismarck uh six five one six four six eight two five five i thought it was one of i mean obviously it got a little out of hand in the fourth quarter and if you're a vikings fan it wasn't fun to watch in the fourth quarter but jonathan Manny, would you have considered the first, let's say there's a three-hour game, the first two hours and 30 minutes of that game, would you have classified that as boring? No, I was fantastically entertained by that. Think about all the things that you saw in that game, for God's sakes. I was was entertained. I I, mean, it. obviously it's not the, if you're a Vikings fan, it's not the result you wanted, but I mean, to to be, to me, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was 
Really impressed with the Vikings' defense tonight. Really impressed with the Vikings' defense tonight. Drew Brees had 120 yards passing. Okay, this game was not all of it underneath. Yeah, all of it was dump offs and checkdowns, and you know Michael Thomas, who you know made a couple of nice catches in the game, but really wasn't much of a factor at all. Um, I thought the defense played really well, considering this is one of the all-time, probably one of the five greatest quarterbacks to ever lace them up. And the defense, you know, for the most part, shut down the Saints. It was just bad mistakes, turnovers, and uh, and and just bad decisions by the offense that ended, and that ended up costing them the game. Mike in Burnsville, you're up next with Manny Hill and Phil Mackey. Hey guys, I've never been a huge one play loses a game kind of guy, but uh, the ceiling play was as close to it as it it, uh, it could get if it's uh, if it does exist. And you know he is a great wide receiver and an unbelievable story. But for for people with somewhat of a memory, if you remember a couple of years ago, the Dal the big fumble against Dallas last year at the end of the game against Detroit at home and tonight. I mean when when he craps the bed, he craps the bed. But like I said, you can't. He is human, and he's going to make some mistakes. And I personally think next week, it, and I'm not a much of a, after only eight games, a have to win, but I think next week is a must must win. If you look, they're going to be playing New England and Chicago and Green Bay right after the bye. I, I think they have to win next week. Well, let's put it at the, uh, let's, let's talk about that. Mike and Burnsville brings up a good point here. Let's. I'm not going to say it's a must-win game, but let's start to do some number crunching here because now the, the Bears move back ahead of you by a half game in the standings. And then the Packers lost to the Rams today. The Packers are 3-3-1, three, three and one, so you've got a game on the Packers with another game to play against them here in a few weeks. I think you have to get to nine wins to feel like you have a decent chance to win this division. Nine, six, and one feels like... I don't know, I don't know if the Bears are going to go 10-6... and six. Uh, the Packers would then, I mean, depending on tiebreakers, Packers to get to 9-6-1. Like, 9-6-1 feels like a pretty safe spot to have a chance to win the division and or get into a wild-card spot. And that means you need five more wins from this point out. Well, Lions at home, okay, that's one. So you need four more wins out of these games, okay? At Chicago, not a gimme. Especially with Cleo Mack will be back by then. Because it's never been a gimme at Soldier Field. Correct. (laughs) Home against Green Bay, not a gimme. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers almost just went into Los Angeles and won that game. If if not for Ty Montgomery having a complete brain malfunction, taking a kick out of the end zone, taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers. They needed a field goal, right? Mm -hmm. And Aaron Rodgers was warming up to come in the game because he's Aaron Rodgers. Um, At New England... Not a gimme. In fact, chalk it up. Probably, probably a, loss. a loss. Yeah. At Seattle, not the same Seattle team, but that's again, that's, that's a still a tough, tough place game. to play, man. Yeah. Home against Miami, at Detroit, and then home against Chicago. Uh, so if if you need five wins to get to nine six and one, and you beat Detroit twice, Miami at home, that leaves you with two more two more games against Chicago. I mean, that's so. If you don't win this game against the Lions and nine six and one is the record, can you get one back by stealing one against New England or Seattle? So yeah, I, you're probably going to have to. Mathematically, it it's pretty close to a must win there. Chancy and Fargo, go ahead, man. Yeah, hey, thanks, guys. You know, minus the Diggs uh, stopping on the route play and the 
steal and fumble. This game really had a the full checklist of all the Vikings nitpicks or problems, you know, that you see every week and whether they win or lose. I mean, I'll go right through them. You go missed extra pointer field goal, check. Uh, Cousins batted down passes at the line, check. Offensive line giving up too much pressure. Yeah, Elf line's getting trucked and Hill's getting run around, check. Uh, you got linebackers trying to either cover tight ends or running backs. I see Kendricks falling and, and uh, chasing Kamara over the field, so you got that check. Uh, it was just, it's just the usual uh, string of things that are all kind of mounting up. And what happens is when you play a good team, a 5-1 and one team, and two other things happen, and granted they were huge, but your best players don't step up, you're going to lose that game. And uh, I said to my boy sitting on the couch for the game, he goes, Dad, do you think the Vikings are one of the best teams in the NFC? And I said, well, this game will kind of tell it. You know, I said, if they beat the Saints here, you can probably say, yeah, they're, they're running. They're looking for maybe a first-round bye, and they're going to be pushing hard. Now it's going to be a dogfight. I mean, they're looking like you guys just ran through that schedule. And, and one thing I, I noticed is a little bit maybe off-topic for some of the things you guys are talking about, but watching Kendricks chase around Kamara – it made me really kind of start to miss Delvin Cook a little bit. I I just thought, you know, that pass catching back out of the backfield would be a would be a big help for the Vikings. And Murray's good as far as just going up the middle and getting three yards and running straight downhill, but he doesn't bring much out of the backfield. And, man, I would like to see Cook back in the lineup and see what that'll add. And I'd also like to see a safety chasing the running backs from now on. It seemed like when they put Curse on uh, Kamara, that kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Kendricks can't cover uh, running backs on the backfield. So, that's it, guys. But it's going to be a dogfight. So uh, hang on to your hang on to your horses. Here. Yeah, thanks for the call, Chancy. Manny, let's do this. Let's squeeze in a quick break here sure. and uh, do our final segment of Vikings Vent Line and take calls from Bob and Osseo. And we have a few open phone lines right now too. We're also streaming live on Twitter slash Periscope six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Manny Hill. Yeah, and uh, Lucky's Thirteenth Pub is uh, powering. Vikings vent line and uh, Lucky's has you covered for the best game day experience. Tons of TVs, legendary appetizers, and those amazing fresh half pound burgers. They also have handcrafted sandwiches too, which are fantastic. Wide variety of many other pub favorites. And I'll tell you what, the drink menu is awesome too. They've got a huge selection of tap beer, handcrafted cocktails, the best Bloody Marys in town. Seriously, these bloodies are Awesome. You can try the bacon bloody, the jalapeno bloody, uh, the Mother Mary, or if you know what, if you want to try them all, you can get a flight and, uh, and sample each one of them. Uh, Lucky's, uh, they celebrate Sunday fun day, uh, happy hour all day long on Sunday, every single Sunday. Uh, they have events and prize giveaways during games too. Lucky's, uh, they have locations in, uh, Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. And, uh, if you can't make it out to Lucky's, to, to hang out there. If you want to have people over for the game, uh, even on Sundays, you can call ahead and Lucky's, uh, they will uh, get what you want ready for you and they'll be ready to go when you come and pick them up and bring them home. And uh, if you got people over for the game, they'll appreciate that. So uh, you can find them online at luckys13pub.com. Online at luckys13pub.com. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings vent line now continues. Trying to pull off the two for one score at the end of the half and get the ball to start the third quarter. Pass caught by Thielen.
Thielen. Uh-oh. And he lunges the ball at the 13-yard line. And it's picked up. If it's a live ball, and it appears to be at this particular point, you got Lattimore coming the other way, and he'll take it to the 32-yard line. Rudolph comes into the slot. Cousins looking, throwing, and that will be Stephon Diggs' touchdown. Third and five. Somehow, someway, that is caught by Adam Thielen. I mean, he gets everything. Oh, man. He reaches over P.J. Williams and somehow comes away with it. I love this comment in our Periscope feed because we all took note of this, too. Uh, J. Ron Curse was out there shadowing Alvin Kamara in the second half. And uh, at Minnesota Sooner chimes in in the comment section, Curse got taken for a 15-foot ride by Kamara on that swing play out to the right. Better get back in the weight room. <laughs> you remember that? It's like, oh man, he's in great position to make a tackle here, and it was. He, and Kamara drove him backwards about eight yards, almost got a first down. Let me tell you something. This is why, and you know, Vikings fans are going to be probably mad at me for saying this because I'm praising a player on another team. But and you're wearing this, a Tennessee hooded sweatshirt, and, I'm wearing Tennessee and it's hooded on sweatshirt. camera right yes, now, yes, too, it is, so you yes. can't hide. Rocky you're like Judd, Judd wearing a Blackhawk sweatshirt every other day in the studio. <laughs> But this is why I, you know, and, and I love Dalvin Cook. Like, you know, w- when he's healthy, I love Dalvin Cook. But I was kind of hoping the Vikings would find a way to get Alvin Kamara in the draft. Just because watching him at Tennessee, this guy is, he's not huge, but he's tough. He's physical. He will absorb a hit. He's fast. He plays with instinct. Um, he's 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 fantastic, man, and he's going to be good for for a long time. And he's not showing any signs of injury right now, so he's. Uh, I love the kid. He's he's great. Yeah, I, I know one way for uh, for Jaron Curse to put on some weight. You know what? Go get some of those appetizers at Lucky's Thirteen Pubs. They're powering yes. Vikings vent line all year. If you want to put on some put on some bulk, I'm sure you can find some stuff, some calories to uh, put in your body. Five metro locations and a live purple podcast tapings throughout the season. You can check the schedule on 1500ESPN.com. Final segment to get your calls in here with Manny Hill, Phil Mackey, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Let's go to Bob and Osseo. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Phil. It's actually uh, Bob, formerly of Osseo. I'm the first caller in the history of Viking Ventline wow. going back to 2012-2013 on my LinkedIn. Uh, I just wanted to comment on something Randy said. You know, Cousins threw the ball to Lattimore a lot. When uh, he went to Treadwell, Lattimore was on him. It seemed like in the first half we were drawing penalties against Apple and P.J. Williams, and then we just completely went away from it. And I felt like Zim got outcoached. You know, rush four against Drew Brees, get a linebacker on their running backs. I know it's not ideal to have Curse on there all the time, but they were just dinking and dunking. That's why Brees didn't have the numbers. Hope you guys have a good night. Bob, thank you for the call, and thank you for uh, for helping us christen Vikings Ventline six years ago. We appreciate that. See, I don't think Mike Zimmer got outcoached. Not at all. I think the Vikings made idiot mistakes in situations where you can't. Yeah. They a pick six and a critical fumble by Adam Thielen. You know, it's Stefan Diggs, by the way, fell on the grenade and totally owned that interception return for a touchdown. Was it for a touchdown or did they just get into scoring range? I blocked uh, that it was halfway through. Yeah, it was, it was a, pick a pick six. six. Yeah. Um, so 
I I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, I unless you can talk me off of this. I don't think I don't come away from that game thinking, "Oh man, Sean Payton ran circles around Mike Zimmer." I think Mike Zimmer came with a pretty good game plan and the Vikings ran up and down the field for over 400 yards of offense and shot themselves in the foot just like they did 9 years ago against the same Saints coach Sean Payton in the NFC Championship game. Listen. The quarterback who has thrown for more yards than Anyone else in the history of this game threw for 120 yards tonight. Drew Brees had 120 yards passing tonight. And his first pick of the season. Defense was not the issue tonight. Yeah, if you were it to ask Drew Brees, not the problem for the Vikings tonight at all. What have they played? They played eight games, seven or eight, seven games. The Saints, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask Drew Brees. What's the most grinded out game you've had in terms of surveying a defense all night for three hours? He would, he, I guarantee you, he would have said this one tonight. I mean, they were, Everson Griffin was back in the mix, not the full Everson Griffin that we know, but he was being harassed. It was a lot of dink and dunk. They weren't taking shots down the field because the Vikings were playing two safeties. I saw smarter people than I am who spot this stuff instantaneously. Like Sage Rosenfels was tweeting the Vikings. The Vikings essentially said, we're going to take away the passing game by putting two safeties back in center field, mm-hmm. and we're going to stop the run with the front four and linebackers. I thought and, the defense played really well tonight. Yeah, I thought they played really well tonight. And if the Vikings would have won this game because they didn't have Thielen's fumble and Diggs boneheadedly stopping on his route, then we'd be talking about how great the defense was today and how they shut down Drew Brees and... I never would have imagined that Drew Brees would have only thrown for 120 yards tonight. Never would have imagined that. Yeah, and and he, you know, and he threw what 25 passes. So he, he but it was only five yards per attempt. So mm-hmm. just a ton of dink and dunk. Uh, is it Talon? Talon in St. Paul? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ron Nordo. Say it again. Talon. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, You're on Vikings Vent Line, man. Awesome, man. Thanks. Good to talk to you guys. You know what? Everything I can put together about this game, Drew Brees, 120 pass yards, first interception, and how many passes. Unbelievable game. I, I, you know, at the end, they had a lot of, they kind of fell apart at crucial moments, and that was a little bit upsetting. But, you know, the offense played fantastic, and I can really only blame this game on three points, you know, three mistakes, you know. Good teams lose to really big teams and big games for these mistakes that they've made. Uh, my question, more than just this game, is what do you guys think about us going forward? As far as you know, let's say we play the Rams again. Let's put, say we play the Saints again. Let's say we do have a healthy team. You know, what is going to be that difference next time we play one of these teams that just? really puts it to us almost, I don't want to say puts a perfect game towards us, but puts a complete game towards us. What's going to make us that better team? Yeah, Talon, thank you for the call. I have a hot take. Okay. I still think the Vikings can win the Super Bowl. But in games like this, and I would I would put the Rams in a similar category, not of having a legendary quarterback, but pretty unlikely that Drew Brees is just going to, give you three mistakes. I mean, like you're not going to walk into a game if, if there's a tail of the tape and one of the measurements is how likely a, likely mistakes in this game. Drew Brees starts at like .5. He's, he may or may not even commit one major error. Now, tonight he did. 
He threw it. He he got flustered and airmailed Michael Thomas and threw an interception, his first of the year. Yep. And so you would have thought, man, if the Vikings are going to have the yardage advantage and they're going to have the first down advantage, and Thielen and Diggs are both going to go over 100, Andrew Brees is going to throw an interception. You would have thought, game set match, right? There's no way the Vikings lose in that scenario. So I I think it's about if you play these teams again in the playoffs and you're going to play New England, so you're going to have another one of these big time litmus tests. Mm-hmm. You know that Kirk Cousins has it in him to make mistakes. And if it's going to be like Kirk Cousins against Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins against uh, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, he's he's almost certainly going to make at least one or two mistakes that those other guys don't make. And I would put the Rams offense because it's so well choreographed and so well orchestrated. Yeah. If everything else around Kirk Cousins plays up to its capability without making mistakes, you can overcome it. You can overcome the fact that Cousins' brain malfunctions like three times per night along with the big-time throws. And tonight, his two best wide receivers, one of them cut off a route, the other one fumbled in a big spot. So if those guys don't do that, the Vikings probably win this game. Oh, I I I don't think there's any question they win the game. I mean, I think if you take away... You know, you can even factor in, you know, some sort of a butterfly effect that if what happened with Thielen, if Thielen doesn't fumble that ball and it's returned back 50 yards or whatever the hell it was that set up that touchdown before the half for the Saints, I mean, who's to say that the pick six even happens later on? Because maybe that situation, the the situation, the game situation is different at that point of the game, maybe. And maybe that play isn't called and then Diggs doesn't stop on his route and that you know that sort of thing so i i i agree with you i i think that this team especially with the defense playing a lot better in the last few weeks and what what were we saying going up to this week was the last couple weeks against the jets and the cardinals two rookie quarterbacks and you're like okay defense played well but it was against rookie quarterbacks this against drew Brees was going to be the real test and the defense showed up tonight so i think if this defense can get back to at least some resemblance of how dominant it was last year, even considering all the injuries they have right mm-hmm. now, I think this team is still in pretty good shape to go on a run. But they just got to limit limit the mistakes. They just have to stop the mistakes, man. Yeah, Rob in Seattle chiding me here in the comment section of Periscope. Please, Phil, Vikings can win the Super Bowl. You just like to hear yourself talk. That's okay. No, I mean... I'm not saying that they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl or that they are likely to win the Super Bowl. I'm saying they've gone through a lot of stuff already this season, and they've made some pretty big mistakes against the best teams that they've played. Mm -hmm. And yet they're still sitting here with, I would say, the best chance to win the division. They're still sitting here with a defense that was the best in the NFL last year with most of the same components. And it doesn't mean that you you don't have to be the best week one through week 17 defense collectively. You just have to get back to playing peak level defense at some point crescendoing into the playoffs. And I think they have a better quarterback now, even though we've talked about his flaws. he He's a better quarterback than they had in Case Keenum last year. And Adam Thielen has had this ridiculous season. I mean, if if the Vikings made a run in January even if it meant winning a couple games on the road, and you're shocked by the prospect of that, then I don't, I mean, maybe you don't watch enough football. We've seen, how many teams, Phil, have we seen just in the last decade go all the way to the Super Bowl as a 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six team because they get hot, they catch fire. Mm-hmm. The Ravens in 2012 caught fire. Joe Flacco was a mediocre quarterback. Yeah, That's Giants. what everybody was saying. And then all of a sudden, 
Joe Flacco just turns on the Jets and he gets hot for four games mm-hmm. in the playoffs and they win the Super Bowl. So I mean, it's is it likely? Probably not, but I think it's it, I think it's a possibility. I think this team has enough to do it. It's just you know whether it happens or not. I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes people hear. I, it's it's like it's like Robin Seattle heard me say the Vikings are going to beat Tom Brady by three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So no, there's <laughs> there's probably there's probably seven maybe eight teams that can win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Patriots, Saints. Uh, I'm trying to think of other AFC teams because I don't know about Kansas, the Steelers. I guess Kansas Can- City. Kansas City's defense makes me nervous, but. But if if I have the Vikings in that category, I have Kansas City too. Mm-hmm. Rams and the Vikings would be like seven or eight on that list, and I would I would put them in that category. Yeah. So it's not that much of a hot take, I guess. Stoneman in Ohio, you're on Vikings vent line. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Huge fan in the huge fan of the show. Dude, thanks for listening. Uh, greetings from Madison, Ohio. Victors are the greatest rivalry in high school football, by the way. Sorry, I just want to throw that out there. Okay. Um, Plug away. Um. You guys can't tell me. Drew Brees threw for 120 yards, and the Saints didn't have 300 yards of offense. Do you think we had any chance of losing this game? No. And and a few other things. I mean, clearly mistakes cost us. I got a couple concerns. Coaching concerns, and realistic Randy, I think, talked about it. The, the time management, especially when you're down by three scores in the fourth quarter against Brees and the Saints, and they're huddling up, I, I, just, I was baffled by that. Um, the other thing I was baffled by is Kendricks still covering Kamara. Didn't we learn about that in the playoff game last year? I'm pretty sure Kamara beat him on a touchdown in a big play in that game. And long-term um, future as far as players, um, I'm concerned about Cousins have been great. I mean, you, you can't deny that. But him in big plays or in big games kind of concerns me. I mean, we got he got a huge break in the Packers game. Um, we got some breaks in the Eagles game. But today... Um, against the Rams that fumbled at the end of the game. I guess I'm just concerned if he can win us a, a game against a big team. And um, long-term, too, guys, Latavius Murray's been great. Do you think we're better off with him than Dalvin Cook? Or do you think we're better off with both? I mean, I'm sure we're probably better off with both, but it's just something to think about. And you guys just hit, talked about the playoffs in the end. Man, what a daunting row now, because now we're going to have to go through New Orleans and L.A., it's gonna be a tough task. That is, yeah, that. Yep. I'm sorry to cut you off, Stoneman. We're get to a couple more calls. Let's answer the running back question here. Yeah, I um, it, this is a tough one to answer because Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, I think is really, really good. The problem is we are what? So 16 plus we're eight games into 24, so 24 games. He's into, played like seven. He's played like six or seven games. I mean, you you have to you have to start thinking. And you know, he, last year was the ACL, so you just kind of you know once you get one injury that just wipes out your season basically. But the hamstring thing this year is you just have to wonder if I I, I don't know. It's it's hard to they need him. I mean, he if he's there and he's healthy, he makes them a much better offense. But Part of being a good player is being available, you know, being healthy and being available. And Latavius Murray, to his credit, might not be a better running back than Dalvin Cook, but he's been healthy and he's been available. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a hard question to answer. It's a good question. It's weird because in the NFL right now, you're seeing some guys who, when, when, when they're the starter and they're out there, Dalvin Cook in 
the handful of games we've seen him has just looked different. He's looked next level, especially in the in the pre ACL tear games. Yeah. And then you see his backup come in, and it's okay. And even like the backups, the other backups, the backups Rock Thomas, the backup. and like, he, <laughs> like these guys can run a little bit too. It's happening in Pittsburgh right now too. Le'Veon Bell goes away. Well, guess what? His backup just went for like 230 combined yards today mm-hmm. and a bunch of touchdowns. So I don't know. There's systems are different in the NFL today. And I think if you're a guy like Le'Veon Bell or Dalvin Cook and you thought you had some value, whether it's your choice to sit out or whether it's not, it's it's an interesting time to be a running back in the NFL. Let's go to David in Minneapolis. You're on Vikings Vet Line. David? Hey, um, good evening. After Thielen uh, fumbled it, uh, were you guys at all surprised how long before they actually targeted him again? Because, like, Laquan Treadwell, you know, has the boneheaded play in uh, Green Bay, but they try to come back to him right away. And, I mean, most people, most Vikings fans didn't even want to see the guy back in the field, but it seemed like it took a really long time before Thielen was even targeted in, in the game today. And then how much is um, – do you think that the death of Tony Sperano contributed to like just kind of the delay of the running game finally gelling here a little bit? It's so hard on the Tony Sperano front. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I would say is you can't lose someone who you're that close to and who's that important, not only from a professional standpoint, but just what people said about him personally. Yeah, You can't have something like that be ripped from you and have it not matter, right? Yeah. Plus, on top of that, I think we're just with with the offensive line. They're looking at a situation where the, there's just not there's not the ideal talent that you want on the offensive line right now. I mean, you have a backup at left tackle right now. You've got a still developing right tackle playing right now. You had a backup at left guard tonight. You you know, Elfline's been you know, Elfline is there, so Elfline's fine, but you know, and then you have Mike Remmers at right guard, and Mike Remmers is probably more so of a tackle than he is a guard. I mean, he's been okay at guard, but he's Mike Remmers is a tackle. He's a right tackle, and they have him playing right guard right now. So I think it's just a situation where I mean, obviously the Sperano thing I think really hit this organization really hard. But I think with the offensive line you're still dealing with just a shortage on Talent. They need healthy talent. They need Riley Reef back and healthy. And they need, you know, they need to upgrade at left guard this offseason. However, they may be able to do it, whether it's in the draft or free agency. I mean, this is why we were talking about them needing to draft an interior lineman in the draft and they didn't they didn't do it. So that's kind of the situation that they're in right now with the offensive line, and that's just the way this this is what they have to deal with now for the rest of the season. Uh, you are listening, by the way, to AM fifteen hundred ESPN Twin Cities. It's KSTP Minneapolis St. Paul, and we're going to let Travis in Southern California have the final word here on Vikings Ventline, powered by Lucky's Thirteen. Hey, Travis. Hey guys, how you doing, man? We're doing all right. I, I, I have three points here. Okay. All right. Okay, we're going to go on the latest one right now, okay, with the running back and everything. Latavius Murray is definitely the best running back for the running game at this time with the condition of offensive line. Okay, he's a bigger person than Dalvin Cook or Rock or uh, anybody else. Okay, so you have to stick with the guy. He He's going to at least bolt through that first tackle, and he's going to break one, and then he gets in the backfield. He'll be all right on that. But Delvin Cook gets hit 
right away at the front. Okay, that's not that good. Okay. Number two, the Vikings, we lost to the Saints. We lost to the Rams. Okay. I'm not afraid to meet either one of those later on if we make the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs because they're going to end up having to beat at least take three out of the four between the Bears and the Lions in order to make the playoffs. Okay? And if they make the playoffs, I think they can go up head-to-head against the Saints like they did tonight. They go head-to-head against the Rams like they did before. Okay? And the other point was the Bismarck caller earlier in the night said, oh, the game was boring. Well, when you give up, you know, two turnovers, what the Vikings did were they're game changers. What, what, what the heck is going to happen to your team? You're just going to go. You're going to go down. And the Saints are just going to go straight up. You know? And so I'm, I'm not too worried about the Vikings. I'm not worried about Treadwell. I'm not worried about anyone else like that. I think if they can maintain, they can get people back healthy, they'll be good. And like I said, I'd run with Latavius Murray the rest of the year in the running back, even with Delvin Cook there. Travis in Southern California. Thank you for the phone call. I don't know. I guess my my lasting message would be, yeah, you would you would like to have seen the Vikings beat the Rams. You'd like to have seen them finish off that game against the Packers and or beat the Saints in this one. I think winning in Philadelphia was an accomplishment. Well, mm-hmm. Philadelphia is not quite the same team as they were last year. But at the same time, like pe- people are taking some of these games and using them as the written in stone version of what the Vikings are going forward. They've put themselves in a spot if they take care of business against the Lions next week, five three and one going into the bye with the slate that you knew was going to be tough at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's go all the way back to August and say, you know what? Let's just fast forward to the bye week. Five three and one. Would you take it? Most people would have said, you know what? Yeah. It's tough to bounce back from a whooping like that in the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. And and just you know, some of the things, whether it's Tony Sperano or changing quarterbacks and chemistry and things like that, 5-3 five, five, and now, if they lose to the Lions, okay, then it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But 5-3 and one, and obviously have to make some improvements defensively and have Kirk Cousins cut down on some of the malfunctions of his brain during these games. But I don't know. I guess I'm not standing on a ledge like some of our callers were tonight. I think if they get to the end of the season and if – the Vikings are finished nine, six, and one, and the Packers somehow get hot and they finish ten, five, and one, and the Packers end up winning the division because of that. I think the one game that people will be looking at is the Buffalo game. Yep, that's totally fair. It's the Buffalo mm-hmm. game, and that's that to me is still like tonight. There were things that bugged me about tonight with things that happened in Cousins, and then the turnovers by. Diggs and Thielen and that, you know, that they were responsible for those things bothered me, but I'm not as worked up about them losing tonight because this was when I looked at the schedule, this was a game that I thought, yeah, they'd probably end up losing this game or they could lose this game and it's not that big of a deal. But the Buffalo game, man, that Mm -hmm. that one is never going to go away. Unfortunately, I also I sensed just based on the Saints energy tonight, one of the callers brought up energy and that was actually Mm -hmm. Eric and Bismarck that brought it up. But it felt like the Saints wanted this game. This is so cliche, but it, they it, wanted it, more. It, 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 but it sort of <laughs> yeah. felt like they knew they should have won that game to go to the NFC Championship game, if not for a miracle, a literal mm-hmm. miracle play. 
And uh, But that's also an indictment on the Vikings. Know that that's going to be the case. Yes. And come in and don't shoot yourself in the foot three times. Exactly. So we're going to be back tomorrow. Mackie and Judd, 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock. For Manny Hill, at Manny Hill 84 on Twitter. Thank you to all you guys watching on Twitter and Periscope. Jonathan Harrison, I'm Phil Mackey, and thanks to Lucky's 13 Pubs as well. It's Vikings Vet Line. You can find it on demand, and you can find the rerun on our Periscope page, too, at 1500 ESPN. We'll see you guys later.